Good to have you on. We wanted to have you on for a while, but due to scheduling conflicts, we haven't been able to uh, to manage that. We should actually rename this podcast the Scheduling Conflicts Podcast, because that seems to be the theme for it. Yeah. I like it. Well, I got an eight-month-old at home, and I have a, it makes it difficult. What's six times twelve? <laughs> uh, I can't math. I Listeners, a, <laughs> what is six times twelve? I have a 72-month-old. There you go. Well, see, she's old enough now to where you can put her in a, in a room with a movie, and she'll be content for a little while. For a little while. Like, if I if, if Quinn's in, more, uh, in one spot for more than, I think, about 20 minutes tops, she gets bored. You understand. Yeah. I would get bored. So, right off top, <laughs> uh, obviously, Andrew and I know your real name, but your stage name is Galaxy Laps. The professional wrestling fan in me always wants to call you by your stage name. Do you prefer to be called by, like, for the sake of this interview, do you prefer to be called by your stage name, or do you mind if we call you by your real name? I think we're going to go with my real name. <laughs> okay. So, Josh! There we go! There we go. Joshua swearing. You can find him on Facebook as well. At least I did, somehow. <laughs> I'm somewhere on there. Yeah. Facebook's the devil, though. Oh, yeah, we... <laughs> We got in a heated debate about uh, Facebook versus Google. Not even necessarily Facebook versus Google Plus, but Google Plus's viability at this point, as it's a pretty young social networking thing. And he swears by Google Plus, preached the way, the truth, and the light of Google Plus, and has for years since the beginning. But yeah, so that. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> I don't know about so, you, but if I follow something, I want to see the posts of what exactly. I'm following. And on Google Plus, they don't throttle what you see. If I post something on the Dracarium, the people that follow the Dracarium fucking see it. You know, all 280 something of them. They all get to see it. It's not taken out because other stuff is flooding by. I, like, you follow a bunch of stuff, it's because you want to see a bunch of stuff. And that, that's what I want. Not not 1% of that following because Facebook's algorithm says so. Fuck that. I will Google Plus my way to the goddamn ends of the earth. Well, you go ahead and do that, and let me know when people... And don't say, oh, it has 3 million users. Let me know when people that I know start using it. Yeah, fucking recruit, recruit people you know. You know how you recruit, how you get people you know to use it? Recruit them. Tell them I to use it. I tried that. And, and give let's, not argue, let's not argue about this. This, 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 is, this episode is about Josh. <laughs> Brought this damn conversation up. Sure mm-hmm. But it is about Josh. That's why we're That's here. right. It's all about me. Yeah. No. That's what Geek of All Trades. It's the one thing that we do that isn't about us. It's about, you know. So you but you mentioned that you can find him on Facebook. You can also find him on SoundCloud. That's the that's the Yeah, primary. which I would prefer. I mean you got free downloads on there. So I'm not really profiting from this stuff. I just want people to hear some good music, so Man. And I actually went and visited the website Headyworks has launched, has it not? Yeah, uh, Headyworks.net. 
Got information there about yourself. And uh, is this now is Headyworks a label that you guys are under? It, it's more or less a promoting company. Okay. So they they promote a lot of different shows within the town. And most of the shows we promote are for good causes. I mean, the last show we had, 100% of the proceeds went to Meals on Wheels. So not only are we, you know, doing all this stuff locally, we're helping locals help locals. Gotcha. That's awesome. I did not actually know that. That was news to me, and now it makes me even um, feel worse that I couldn't make it. <laughs> well, even, well even, even beyond that, well, did you not know about the... Uh, proceeds going to charity? I did not know that part, but I don't pay that much attention as much as I should have. You should have listened to the block of music that he had. I listened to uh, chunks of it. I just may have missed that piece of information because, again, I do like 40,000 things at once every day. That's fair. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Do you have any other uh, upcoming blocks where you're going to have uh, local radio airtime? You know, I'm not sure at this point about local radio spots. Uh, I might have one coming up here in uh, later June, mm-hmm. uh, early July, sometime around there, on the local station, uh, 92.3. Uh, cool. Essentially, that will be my release of my new album, which is a little bit different than the stuff I've been doing. Uh, more or less, this is all live performance stuff with vocals. and. Okay. Uh, what is the name of your new CD that's coming out? Um, you know what? I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> uh, it's still in production. I have I have ten tracks. I'm laying down vocals. I just got my vocal room done. Got my studio up in order. So, would you made quite a bit of progress on it since the last time we talked? Definitely. F and A. That's wonderful. Yeah, it, it's nice. I got all my foam in there. I do need a door for my vocal room, which does. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a necessity. But no, coming along really well. Good. Glad to hear it. Got a much better setup than we've got. I wish I had foam in here. <laughs> it wouldn't take very much to treat in here. Well, I looked up on on the Amazons, and they got pretty decent price per square foot on like this alternating color sound deafening foam that I looked up. So, how long have you been doing music? How old were you when you decided you wanted to be a musician? Are you talking specifically electronic music or just specifically music? Music as a whole. Music, well, it kind of started off, I did play trumpet all through, you know, late elementary, middle school, high school. Um, That kind of transitioned over to me playing a little bit of piano. And then right after I got out of high school, I'm like, you know, I want to do something that, you know, I can better myself within this. So I did go to school for audio engineering. And that's where, you know, I started to transition over. And the thing I like about electronic music, it's literally all of you. It's all, you're kind of in charge of the whole production, the whole editing process. Everything is on you, so you don't have to rely on too many people. Because a lot of times I was in bands, and I mean, you have to rely on, you know, this person. Hey, they're not here. We can't practice. This person isn't here. This person's not dedicated. So really, you're just... The only person you're battling is yourself, mm-hmm. which is completely different. But yeah, I just started writing electronic music about a year and a half ago. So everything on there is just basically over the past year and a half wow. what I kind of what I kind of have going. Funny thing is, uh, what began this whole thing, this whole EDM process for me, was I had never been to an electronic show, never been to any bass shows, and I. My friend's like, hey, I'm going to drag you to this show, and he dragged me to a, a Datsik show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that night, I went home, and I just started writing. Nice. So it kind of just all went from there. 
So, in, in I know electronic music kind of has a stigma when you say that you write electronic music. Can you give us a little bit of an insight into how much time you spend, like, it, say, on a track? Because I like I one of the arguments that I absolutely hate about electronic music is it's not real music. It's just a bunch of samples thrown together in a program. So give, give us a little bit of uh, insight on how the track creation process goes. You know, it really matters on the track. I mean, I can sit down and I can have a track done and written out, you know, in a half day. And then I have those tracks where I literally take out, you know, a month and I'm writing this track and I just it never seems to be where I want it to go. So I kind of put it in the vault and then I'll come back to it, you know six months later I'm like wow what was I doing with this this is this is really cool why didn't I finish this uh, so it really actually depends typically my normal track is going to take me you know a good two or three weeks of probably you know at least three to six hours out of my day because you know I'm a working man I don't have you know all day to sit down and uh, write music unfortunately I wish I did but well, the same thing here we wish yeah. we had more time to dedicate to the Dracarium that's true. Finding time to do what we do here is uh, difficult when we all have these, you know, nine-to-fivers or, you know... Well, I guess really, if you think about it, there's only really two people with set nine-to-fiver jobs. The rest of us work retail. So it's like, oh, sure, we could do things sometimes, maybe. Oh, but not on the weekends, because it's retail. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor comic geek James misses out on a lot of our uh, random discussion podcasts that he likes to be a part of, because he works retail, and they, we record on Saturday nights. Oh, man. So, so you answered both my top two questions, actually, in that explanation, which is good. Well, then, actually, I had a follow-up question, because, sure. like, you just... Like, I, I, you create EDM, which is short for electronic dance music, Correct. Correct. A lot of people... That's what that means. Yeah, that's... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, We're learning I mean, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you're, you're right around my age. Like, mid-late 20s, right? Uh, mid, yeah. No, yeah. Very early mid. Very early <laughs> mid. But uh, I, back when, like, we were growing up, there was techno. And I, I, back then, I don't remember it having that label to it. And I actually came across a list of the... 10 most overplayed EDM songs on EDM.com. <laughs> and the, one of the songs on there was uh, Sandstorm by Darude. Ah! And, now it's in my head. Well, <laughs> and my question, and the, the little blurb that the guy wrote was, if the next time somebody says that this is their favorite techno song, I'm going to kill them. What is, like, what is EDM as a broad, like, I, obviously electronic dance music is pretty self-explanatory, but there are so many sub-genres how do you define each song, like you know, like, it, like each track? Because, like for example, like say a Dead Mouse, he makes, excuse me, he makes like drum and bass tracks as well as dubstep tracks, trance. Well, and his stuff is more progressive. Like I know you just mentioned Rude Sandstorm. That's what they would consider to be trance music. Um, Essentially, yeah, there are all of these different subgenres to it, and a lot of times it actually more or less depends on the actual beats per minute. Because okay. I mean, uh, dubstep, you got your 140 right on the beat. Uh, you, then you have, you know, you have other subgenres like glitch hop that's going to be slower, you know, like 90 to 100 beats per minute. Mm. It, it and more or less the sound. Obviously, dubstep is a little more thrashy, a little more grungy, 
And then you have the other side of the spectrum, which is like house and trance, which is more flowing and Puts me ambient. Sleep. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like it's a lot more, uh, I, I don't want to say repetitive, because that seems like a negative connotation, but it's a lot more structured. Well, and it's, it's like that for a reason. Um, I mean, you're on a dance floor, something that's repetitive, that has, you know, the same driving beat, you can dance to that. Mm-hmm. I'm white. When I dance, I want the song to end quickly. I don't dance. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I'm a huge fan of dubstep in particular, which, uh, which has been around in Europe for the last like 20 years or so, and it just recently got popular in the states when Skrillex became a thing. Um, why is it that people kind of have this attitude towards Skrill that it's like basically he changed the definition of like or the structure of dubstep and now it sucks. Like, I, I've listened to a lot of older dubstep and I can't stand it. I like the messier kind of what has come to be known as like a bro step or filth step style. Exactly. So why do they feel to then, why do the people feel the need to fracture the definition further upon, like you've got EDM, then you go down to dubstep, then dubstep branches off again. Why, why do people do that? Why do they feel the need to do that? Because, I mean, it really depends on the sound and kind of how it's structured. Um, God, catch me on the spot, man. <laughs> Getting too in-depth for me. Well, I've been doing this for a year and a half, jeez. <laughs> no, um, You're the expert. <laughs> right? Right? No. Um, specifically with Skrillex, a lot of people do put him down because they think, you know, this guy's really mainstream, he came in, but really, from my point of view, he actually came into the scene and really made a name for himself doing something different, which he's even continuing to do now. If you listen to his stuff now, it's completely different than the first stuff he came out Absolutely. with. Absolutely. He's definitely trying to integrate and push the scene. And, you know, I, I feel like he's innovative in his own way. Obviously, there's a lot of people that say, you know, this sounds like Skrillex, this sounds like Skrillex, or, or this. But more or less, people are emulating him because of the movement he did with what you would call bro step because his stuff is a little more bro steppy well it's like the biggest one that came out of that uh that bro step boom was zomboy who is my person personally my favorite edm artist and he still kind of stays within that um he still kind of stays within that style kind of within that structure absolutely yeah uh, all right. Well, this has been riveting conversation. We'll have more with Mr. Josh when we come right back. Come right back, or come left back. Like what you hear in the background there? Merlot Williams of the Dracarium here, and if you like EDM as much as I do, you owe it to yourself to check out Galaxy Labs. He created the theme song of the Dracarium, Destroyer. You can find him on SoundCloud and Facebook. That's facebook.com slash pages slash G-A-L-A-X-Y dash L-A-P-S-E and soundcloud.com slash Galaxy Labs. Let the wubs destroy your brain. And we're back. We are. Huh? <laughs> we got to pick up where we left off. It's like uh, saying that Zomboy got real popular with the that messy bro step, filth step style, and he like even he's starting to kind of branch out a little bit into like trap, which I thought which is an interesting style to me. Do you have you done anything in like a trap style yet? Uh, you know, I've done one. I have I have some stuff actually 
Uh, I'm working on it right now with actually a bigger artist uh, out of Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, his name's Evo. He does put out some good stuff. He's more actually like big room uh, house music, mm. but he's kind of ranching over into uh, trap music, and we're actually set to put out a trap song probably here, you know, I would say late summer. I, I'm not too too fond of the trap music, but I mean, uh, it's what people like, and well, I actually did a little bit of research into it because uh, when when you say trap music, I immediately think T.I., the rapper, since that's like the kind of the genre of rap music that he popularizes, is like that trap style rap from Atlanta. Yeah. So to kind of hear that, like you can kind of hear it's kind of more like a hip hop beat than it is a dance beat. Exactly. Um, trap music is mostly, you know, about that 808 sub kick. I mean, pretty much... That mixed with, you know, hip-hop style. Now, and I've, I've heard that for years, that term 808. What what does that mean? You know, 808 is just more or less a heavy sub kick. You know, it has, you know, a lot of extra low frequencies in it. And when you put that over a big system, um, it's more or less meant to be felt than to be heard. Okay. So it really shakes you. <laughs> yeah, it, it shakes you literally. Literally, yeah. I uh, I have a question that's it's it's a little on and off topic, but uh, we just heard uh, Merlo Williams say this. Uh, well, I should say we. You guys actually just heard him say this, and I want to know if it's true. Can wubs actually destroy your brain? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that they can at least scramble them. Why? Like there's a there's a girl here in town that I get coffee from in the morning, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm kind of tired today." I'm like, "You should listen to dubstep. That'll wake you, wake you right up." And she goes, "Actually, if I listen to dubstep this early in the morning, I start to panic." <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me? I, I'm when I go, I, I I'm I'm a D and D nerd. I play Pathfinder. Oh God, nerd geeks. Um, but because that's a surprise listening to a, <laughs> a, a geek podcast on a geek website. I know, but it's just I talk about it a lot. Anyway. So, Sunday mornings, I'm usually hungover. I mean, that's the thing on Sunday mornings. And just like, you don't want to hear anything. Some people go to church, like, Andrew wakes up hungover. Where are the drinks? Yeah. Uh, what, what's going on, man? That's uh, it's a never-ending random discussion. I am short one if you want to stick around. And, uh, anyway, so, you know, you just, no loud sounds, no bright, bright lights and everything, just grumpy, whatever. I still get in my car, I plug my phone, I don't plug my phone, my phone connects to the Bluetooth in my car. Oh, fancy! And my usual playlist that I listen to while driving is, and of course I've got two 12-inch subwoofers behind me, and it's my dubstep. And instead of going, ugh, and turning it down, I usually turn it up to about 35 or 40, which is close to max, and... It's, it wakes me right up, and by the time I get there, I'm chipper, happy, and still grumpy for some reason. You're grumpy. Yeah, well, I don't know if it destroys uh, your brain, but you can sure probably beat up a car with it. Yeah. <laughs> Rip your car right apart. Oh, yeah. I've seen it happen on some uh, people that go a little crazy on it, and then they have to switch all their windows to plexiglass. It's crazy. Or uh, I've seen base shake the mirrors off a car once. That was impressive. Well, that's what happens when people put... $5,000 systems and a $1,000 Honda Civic. Yeah. As long as they put a $1,000 security system along with it, I'm okay with it. Like, I'll install the shit out of that. We offer that service, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a plug right inside of us. Mm. What are you going to do now? <laughs> yeah. I do car installs. 
fanciness. You ever see that Pimp My Ride show? All those electronics and shit? Yeah, nobody watches that show. But still. Not anymore, because it's not on. That's true. Yo, dog. <laughs> I, have, I have a rant. I have a mini rant I want to do right now because it's fresh in my mind. Taco Bell. Fuck you. Tacos are not side dishes to tacos. If I want tacos, I will get tacos. If I want a meal, I want tacos with something that is not a taco. Then go to a Mexican restaurant. People don't go to Taco Bell because it's authentic Mexican cuisine. I don't cuisine. go for authentic. I go for at least structure. Go to Taco Time. You know what they give you? Not tacos as a side dish. You know what's a good side dish? Not tacos. You can, get a, you can get a waffle taco now. Yeah, yeah. And what's you know what their side this? dish is? Hash browns, I'm sure. Not tacos. <laughs> Fucking tacos. Step in the right direction, maybe? Feel, feel better now? <laughs> no. Because I'm still doing tacos. And no, and the thing that bugs me is that it was all fine and fucking dandy until they said, oh no, you can't sub the Mexi potatoes and pay a little extra for your meals anymore. Because you used to be able to do that. I would pay the extra 50 cents to get the goddamn Mexi top things. Sounds are good. You yeah, get the right? nacho cheese with it and just yeah. drown it. <laughs> so, okay. Something about EDM. Now that I know what that <laughs> means. Um... I would have just said techno because I grew up on just techno uh, that always kind of befuddled me and you see the memes too and they go around and it's like I press play and how does a live show work like you know it actually in some cases it is like that yeah uh, I mean anyone with any bit of knowledge I, I could probably sit down for two hours and you could be doing the same thing that I'm doing more or less where I shine is the studio I'm not meant, you know, I don't consider myself a DJ. I am a producer, and I showcase my tracks, and I showcase my music live. And I'm never going to, you know, go up there and say I'm doing something I'm not. I mean, more or less, I'm going up there, and, you know, I will mix between my tracks, but everything's always synced up beforehand, so um, I press a button, and it's synced right at the beginning, and I can put it in right with the next song. You know, you do have to cut some of the lows and stuff out to where they're not clashing when you're mixing them. So there is a little bit of an art to it, and you have to have a little bit of an ear. But really, anyone with any sort of sense could probably do what I'm doing live. Hmm. Well, and so my question then is, because I've seen a couple of like live videos of like Dead Mouse and Skrillex performing, and they're always flipping knobs and jumping around and doing all sorts of crazy shit. So... So are the tracks like preloaded into a mixer and then you kind of switch between them or how do, how does that work? You know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Skrillex actually changed over. He is using CDJs. So he has his tracks and he is mixing uh, between, you know, tracks and DJing. I do more or less what Dad Mouse does. What he does is he'll literally, I can't even say that word, literally, <laughs> literally, yeah, literally uh, program his tracks out and... He'll actually do his tempo rides and everything with it. And then he actually has MIDI notes that trigger out to different instruments that he has on stage. So fucking, like, both those guys have hell of a setup. No, yeah, so essentially what he's doing, he's taking his tracks, he's putting them out. So essentially, yeah, he does plus play. But when he's turning the knobs and everything, he's actually affecting the sounds of each instrument. So he'll have, you know, six, seven different synths. And you got all this MIDI notes triggering out to these synths, and then the, those same MIDI notes are, you know, triggering out to trigger his lights to program with his stuff. Okay. So essentially, he's doing everything. He's programming out his lights. He's programming out his music, 
and then he's just kind of there for the ride and okay. doing stuff on the fly. Okay. So he's doing a lot of live improv with effects and actual analog gear, which I definitely think is pretty awesome. Well, and you'd so never know. The, the normal person would just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, it's just doing this. And yeah. th- There's a lot more going on than you think. That's, and that is it. Is that's the everyday's impression of it. Because, like, I see this video, and there's, like, these three guys doing one, li- uh, like, uh, electronic show, and, you like, sub-captions. And it's like, I'm going to turn this knob. I'm going to turn it a little more. I'm going to turn it back a little. <laughs> hey, come check this knob out. Yeah, check this. And he's like, yeah, knobs. It was a weird <laughs> and funny video, but... Like on the—that's what you see from the outside. You don't see the. Well, yeah, and there are some, some people that that do that. I probably couldn't point any out at this point, but yeah, there there are people that you know. Sully the name of live show. Yeah, they're pretty much a face. Well, and see, and and that's why I bring that up because if you listen to any of Dead Mouse's interviews, he's very very critical of what he deems to be a DJ as opposed to. A producer mm-hmm. exactly and he'll he'll be the first to say i'm not a dj i go up there and i essentially press play he's like anyone you know even the same concept i have anyone with any common sense can do what i'm doing if i were to show them for a couple hours well mm-hmm. i think that's what sets you and them aside is that instead of just going up there and pressing play for other people's assorted random mix of music you're up there pressing play on the stuff that you spent you know, you're exactly, and if it was any other way, I wouldn't be doing that. I mean, if I was playing other people's music, I would be DJing. I would learn the right way to do it. But I mean, again, I, I shine where I need to. I'm I'm in the studio. I'm writing my tracks. I'm putting the time in the studio to you know put out new material, which we touched on earlier. Yeah. It's a very involved process because I the reason that I actually originally contacted you uh, through our mutual friend was because I was trying to learn how to program music and I I managed to get a wobble down that was pretty cool but it is such an involved process yeah it's incredibly hard work like it's learning to write electronic music is akin to learning to play the guitar or learning to play the drums it's not just a bunch of samples that you you pull out of windows music maker and (laughs) slide them down into a slide them down into a little like a little program into a line "Ah, that sounds good well, no, and the thing is, a lot of times, you know, you do have these, you know, even bigger producers that they'll actually get mastered samples. They're not doing a lot of mixing, and they'll just drop that in, and they're good to go, and they program their stuff out. Um, and then you have, you know, people more like myself. A lot of my sounds, I start ground up. So it's literally a sine wave, and then I just start adding stuff in and make it my own sound. And, and a lot of times in your basses, a lot of people don't know this, but you might have ten tracks for that one bass, and each part, each track has a different nuance to it, uh, which that's probably what differentiates a good, I would say, dubstep artist versus a bad dubstep artist is how they can layer the basses and how they can fit it into the mix and really bring out the different harmonics in the basses. Just into the core, you know, just computer side of things on my end because uh, people are going to notice this when they download your music from SoundCloud but is there a reason why they're all in the wave format and not you know being put into MP3 or directly saved into MP3 or is there, is there a reason for that process? You know I've, I've never been a fan of MP3s actually yeah. uh, just over compressed you get a lot of distortion it compresses your tracks down you have less uh, 
less headroom. It just doesn't come across the same live. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if I was getting my tracks professionally mastered, you know, I was really taking the time to you know put the mix together perfect, get it out, have them master it, put it up to level. Any of my tracks would probably sound on par with like what's out there. Obviously, there's that little bit of a gap, but I mean, this is everything I'm doing out of my bedroom. These people have, you know, how much money to put aside for thousands of yeah. dollars. For I mean, and they're going through their own labels, and their labels provide that service for them at you know a very very high quality level. Yeah. And it's like I don't have that, so uh, more or less, I'm putting my stuff out. I have my little basement room, I'm kind of putting stuff out of there, so. Yeah, that had actually come up when I was discussing things with our business advisor, and we were going through our podcasts, and I noticed that one of them was like twice the size that it normally was, and I realized it was my fault, because when I did download it all and everything, I converted them in very, very extremely as high quality as this program could put out into MP3 so that it would compress them. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I could load them onto my phone and take up less space. And that's the main thing. You know, space allocation on this phone is, like, you know, with vlogging especially, I need as much gap on here as I can because it saves on the phone first and then I transfer it over. But I had forgotten to change the settings back. So one of our podcasts is really high quality MP3, but it's huge. But that's how that kind of came up. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely makes a difference. Well, as like even in downloading music, uh, my brother-in-law is a big fan of uh, AWOL Nation, and he was lo- wanting me to listen to one of their tracks that he was going to download. And he was, he's like, "Why can't I find a wave?" I'm like, "Dude, just get the MP3. There's a ton of MP3s." He's like, "No, MP3s are compressed. It sounds like shit." So, well, and and one thing, if you're if you're playing your stuff live over a big system, you really can't tell the difference between the MP3 version and the wave version, and it does take up less space. So that's why a lot of uh, DJs will prefer to have an MP3, because they can have a lot more music, and they can you know, have a larger library without taking up as much disk space. So in, in my case, I mean, I have all original tracks. I'm not really, you know, I don't have this extensive, huge library. I don't have, you know, 20 hours of music. Yeah. So... You still have quite a bit, though, you know, for only having been out a year and a half doing this. Yeah, I know. I have uh, quite a bit of unreleased stuff, too, so... Yeah. We got a preview of that uh, momentarily through the break. I actually look forward to some of this new stuff coming out, and we'll talk a lot more about things and the new upcomings from Josh and Galaxy Laps after this break. Hey there, fellow geeks. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Did you know that the Drucarium offers tech services as well? Do you have a computer problem? Would you like your computer to run faster? Are you looking to finally break away from the boring, lackluster pre-built computers and finally have one that suits you for your exact need? Look no further than the Dracarium to help. We offer a wide array of diagnosis and repair of your current system and also have one of the most comprehensive and personalized system building processes available. No matter where you're from, we can build you a computer and get it to you. Find more information at CelebrateGeek.com slash services. That's CelebrateGeek.com slash services. So, Andrew, you had a question? Oh, I technically haven't even welcomed back yet. We are back. What? We don't need to welcome back. We're doing it live. Hashtag professionalism. (laughs) Would it it make you feel better? And we're back. There, you better? You you good? You fine? But I don't feel back. Oh, fucking hey. All right, so... (laughs) You in the vagina. 
<laughs> all of them. <laughs> Just all of them. Uh, so, Josh, where do you see Galaxy Labs in five years? In five years? Wow, that's, uh, that's a long ways out. Well, considering it's uh, you know been a year and a half on this glorious adventure, I definitely think I'll be doing a lot more live performance stuff based around you know the kind of stuff I've done already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do have a couple ends. I, I do have an actual national release coming out, which is nice. I mean, this right. is going to be you know put out to the masses. So the masses of yes. the United States, right? We're gonna say we're gonna help push him push it into Europe because you know electronic music is even bigger there. Yeah, the UK. Um, nice thing is the label I'm going through, which is a great independent label, got a good vision. They're great with their artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Made in Glitch, uh, Base Science. They have Ill Gates. A lot. Of, <laughs> I love that name. Yes. That's yes. awesome. Oh, that was a reference I didn't get. Ill Gates? Ill Gates. Think about it for a second. Oh, I get it. Oh, my God. I, I think I just lost a nerd it point. Is, yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> it just, like, immediately that reminded me of uh, the nerd rapper Mega Ran. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, uh, they're they based out of a lot of different places. Obviously, like Los Angeles, New York, London, um, Tokyo. They have a bunch of different places Shit. that they're going to be pushing stuff out. It's nice. all digital release. We don't really see the point of printing out a bunch of CDs these days because I mean yeah you know the age of physical media is dying when it comes to media music movies news everything is is digitizing and that's that's just the way the world has been moving towards for a long time so it makes sense that you would produce that direction for better and worse yeah there, there well, are and a lot less overhead too yeah I mean, you don't have a you have to go out and purchase much CDs obviously it'd still be nice to have some for like festivals and stuff Obviously, you do have the diehard people that want the physical copy in their hands. Yeah, like the like the hipsters that like the uh, the LPs still. I still enjoy CDs. Hipster. What? I just, like, I just like I just like CDs. to own things. Yeah. I'm talking about you know vinyls. Vinyl, and that's ridiculous. Right. Sounds better with vinyl. I don't know. I don't see how it sounds better with imperfection. Oh, sizzle, sizzle, pop, sizzle, pop. Are you kidding? No, I want to hear my music without sizzle, pop. You know, if you want your music to have sizzle, pop, put it in yourself. But saturation is so good. (laughs) You'll understand one day. I'm sure. Squinty eyes. I see that. (laughs) Do I still have a flower in my hair? Yes, yes, you do. Oh, nice. You took yours out. I did. I did take mine out. (laughs) Donation donation from a six-year-old Dracarian member. (laughs) So we kind of ran through a lot of the professional stuff. Like what? Like so, what does what does Galaxy Labs do when the laptop is shut off and you kind of are taking a break or whatever? Like what? What do you what What do you do outside of the realm of music aside from vis- vigorous masturbation and work? Uh, that's <laughs> well, that's the same thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know what? I'm actually, you know, a proud homeowner, and I'm, I'm typically working on my house. It is a brand new house, but there was a bunch of stuff. I mean, we had to get all the Fancy landscaping done and finishing our basement, and it's a lot of work. It takes up pretty much all my other time. Nice. So he's the he's the everyday man outside of his dark persona of electronic music. I'll say dark. Oh no, I was. It is a pretty dark room down there. <laughs> <laughs> my dungeon. Yes. Yeah. You just turn on a black light. 
No, I don't have the black light yet. <laughs> I do have some like I have some like strip lights in there that are like oh I can sequence out to my stuff so I can you know Sweet. have a dance party by myself. <laughs> I think we should just go have a dance party with him, just all dudes. That'd yeah, be, yeah. that'd be a good Dracarium vlog. <laughs> yeah, we're just like I'm just doing a normal vlog, but then it cuts to just dance music and the three of us. Yeah. And then back to serious. I love You're probably going to get pissed at me for saying this, but when you say that, I immediately think of the Harlem Shake. Uh, I'm not actually. I was a very large fan of the Harlem Shake because it let me be me and, you know, random and just spastic and crazy. And I actually was uh, producing a Harlem Shake edition at a previous job of mine. It was hard fought. And it eventually was quashed because the only person that was against it was the manager of the store. So of course. It was like, oh, you're not on board, which means we don't get to do it. But just random every day, it was a janitor at McDonald's, everyday McDonald's crew and everything, but then just like one guy shows up in the, in the horse hat and starts <laughs> dancing a little in, while he's waiting in line. And then customers, and, and, uh, and I had customers on board to do this at night when we weren't open. And crew members and all of us just busting out. I loved the Harlem Shake. You should have done it anyway. anyway. I should have, and I had thought about it. I had keys to the damn store, but... <laughs> what had video of you getting tackled by the manager? It would have been great. Yeah! <laughs> she does live with With a little roar, when you get tackled. <laughs> it slows down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're, you're the hardest working man in independent music right now, then. I mean, when you're not, even when you're not working on music, you're always working on something. You don't, like, step outside and go on a hike. I don't know. What do other normal people do? Oh, God. I don't know any normal Camp. people. Camp? Oh, I love camping, so it must Camping's be not good. normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ingress, too, in my off time. You yeah. know what? I, I literally just work. <laughs> That's literally my life. Work. I get home, I work. And, you know, music is my little bit of escape. So, I mean, a lot of uh, my downtime is spent, you know, writing music. So, so the production is actually the off time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of these days, the coin will flip, of course, because then you're going to take off, and then it's going to be work. Yeah, because, you know, you can make an awesome living as a as a musician these days. Oh, no. <laughs> look at Skrillex and, yeah. and Dead Mouse and, you know, any other person that produces music that isn't... You know, it, it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. People oh. People think, you know, it's just a... Just a fine line. It's a it's a good road, but yeah, it it really is. It's hard work. It's, it's you're it's, expected yeah. to you know put out you know great A material and it's like starting, a lot of starting your own business and exactly. trying to drum up uh, customers and at this point it's listeners and people that will actually put in to buy your music and no yeah it would be nice to eventually move over to that. The way I look at it right now is you know you can either you know work for the man you know you're working the forty hour work weeks or in my case, 40. more than 40 hours. I hear you. <laughs> or, you know, so essentially you can build someone else's dreams, or you can build your own. That's kind of where I'd like to be and kind of where I'd like to go. Obviously, it's going to take a lot of work, which, you know, you know, that plan might come into view in the next five years, as you were saying with that five-year plan. But mm. just at this point, it's more, more or less the beginning of that stage. Well, then, I mean, even the seeds are planted when you say that you're releasing a national CD through a label... You're working with other people as far away as Texas who are releasing things in London and Tokyo and all across the globe. I mean, this is going to sound kind of disingenuous, but it's, it seems like it's easier to become a musician than ever, which is why there's so much crap out there. I'm going to, I'll qualify it with that. 
But I think what sets you personally apart is not only your dedication, but the fact that you aren't putting out shit. You are putting out good music that has the potential to grow your audience. And like you say, you're you're all like I had a previous guest on go answer this is a because he's a art like a um, yeah an artist. I don't know. I, like there's artist is used to what would you call an animate animation artist? Just an animate. You're a son of a... <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a combination between a comic artist and a commissioned artist, from my, my generalization of fat, it. Fat, 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 Who's fapping? I was like, you. You're, you're, you're jerking yourself off. Why? Anyway. I'm um, helping you out. But, uh, I don't no, know if I want to know asked, about that. <laughs> well, I asked, and I asked him as an artist, like, why are you never satisfied? And he said, when you're, when you become satisfied or happy with what you do as an artist, then the journey is over. You can become complacent, and then you don't put, you, like, you don't push yourself anymore. You're happy in what he essentially defined. You're happy in your mediocrity, and I like that. I think that sets you apart from others. And I like, I'm hoping that our audience enjoys your music and that. This is an avenue to help grow your audience more. No, definitely. I mean, obviously I look at my stuff and it's like, there's always room for improvement. If you think your music is perfect, then you can go look in a mirror. It's not It's not perfect. There's always something that you can be doing to make it better. And exactly like you said, the, the time and place when you realize that, you know, you've hit this wall and you're not exactly... Or like more or less, actually, if you're happy with your music, it's probably not going to go anywhere from there. A lot of times when I'm writing music, I'm writing a new song because, you know, I didn't like the last track I wrote. There's something I want to add to it. Then I get done with that track, and I'm totally digging it. And then it's like, I come back to it a week later, I'm like, no, you know, it needs to get better. Better production, better quality. So it's, it's kind of a, an ongoing battle with myself, I would say. I, I'm definitely my biggest critic. I mean, a lot of people can hear my stuff and be like, oh my god, that's awesome. But I look at it and I'm like, you know what? I could have done this. I could have done this. It could be better this way. So very, very humbled to just, you know, actually have people listening to my music and like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and more or less support the fact that, you know, the music is good to them, but not essentially to me. I mean, I there's so much more I want to do with with what I'm doing already. Artists are weird. I don't know. I feel the same way about doing the things I do with here. You see, if, if uh, just as an example, we've got our, our you know internal communications that we all uh, at the Dracarium keep in touch with each other, and I'm constantly, anytime I change something, anytime I create uh, one of the graphics or anything, I'm always just like, look at this, please. Just tell me what you think. Give me feedback. And I, and I get that. You know, it's great. It's great. I love it. It's great. And I'm just like, but I don't love it. You know? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you need that constructive criticism. You need that person that's just like, no, that that's that's not working. You should try this. Yeah. I mean, no one ever got better doing the same thing they've they've always done. There's always been someone that came in and been like, you know what, this could change. This can change. That's why Andrew has me around. <laughs> you love my stuff too much sometimes. Sometimes, but there have been times where I've told you it's fucking crap. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. And I think that's more often than not. (laughs) Uh, I made some changes uh, to one of the things I was dissatisfied to based on constructive criticism. All right, so today has been fun, but Josh, 
please tell our listeners how they can find you, what they what they can look forward to. Plug yourself. Man. You can look forward to music. Yeah. No, <laughs> no obviously, yeah. Uh, the main source of my music is definitely going to be on SoundCloud. What people didn't see there is was the gesturing the... hand motion the... of the universe. No, SoundCloud. Search Galaxy Laps. I think it might be Galaxy underscore Laps. You know, maybe I should check that. <laughs> I don't know this stuff. I, I just write music at work. Refer to Merlot Williams's commercial where he does actually mention that uh, the exact address. As I'm filling time while Josh looks up the exact address. Yes, for us. I was halfway right. It is SoundCloud.com Galaxy underscore Laps. And in between com and Galaxy, there is a slash. This is true. <laughs> well, you know, the people listening should know that. Well, should, but we can't make assumptions. <laughs> well, so, if they've listened this long, I think. Yeah. I think they can handle themselves. Yeah. They got this. You got this. You're hardcore. And then also on uh, Facebook as well. And uh, you, uh, did I see that you were going to be playing a, another show here in the next little while? On uh, HeadyWorks.net? You know what? I will be playing a show up in the middle of nowhere, up uh, near kind of the Canadian border in Tenasket here in June. Oh, that's, that's, that's for Barter Fair, isn't it? Uh, it's actually for a festival called Conscious Culture. Okay. So they actually have a lot of different things. They have two, two different stages, a bunch of people in the middle of a field out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, last year I think they had like ten or 15,000 people out there. Oh. It's definitely a big... Tents, RVs everywhere, but they have like a live music with like reggae and a bunch of, you know, conscious bands. And then you have this year uh, over in the EDM section, we actually purchased a, a 45 foot dome. We have full lighting. We're going to be actually lining the dome with LEDs so we can program out the lights with music. We have uh, 3D visuals. We have tons of different things this year. It's definitely going to be a, a larger scale production. We're flying in uh, a great EDM artist I, I like that's really kind of an underground that's more along the lines of kind of what I do uh, called, his name is Mr. Bill. Uh, we're bringing in Mr. Rogers. Yeah, uh, He's really good. We I think we have a really great person out of Seattle putting out some really heavy stuff. His name is Corporate. If you haven't checked out his stuff, it's it's really good. He's got some really good production qualities. I'll be really glad to meet that guy. And then, obviously, uh, the person I'm working with right now is going to be flying up from L.A., Base Science. He's a great guy. He's really probably helped me push my stuff a lot more than anyone else. So so that is the Conscious Culture Show? Conscious Culture. In Tenasket, Washington, coming up in June. Where right. you can find Galaxy Somewhere Labs. between uh, the 20th and 23rd, somewhere in there. If you go to HeadyWorks.net, yeah. the information's <laughs> all there. Yeah, they should have times on there, hopefully within the next few weeks. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag professionalism. Well, that has been great. I, 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 this has been like eye-opening for me, because this is a, a peek into a realm I've always been curious about. I, I want to thank you, Josh, for joining us today. It was great having you on, finally. No, thanks for having me. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Do you guys smell popcorn? <laughs> <laughs>